The message you're about to listen to is produced by CRIC Media. I want us to look at developing intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Developing intimacy with the Holy Spirit. In this service, I want us to focus on the King James Version. Amen. I will um, trust that you will follow through with us. Let's begin with Ecclesiastes 4 verse 1. It says, So I returned and considered all the oppressions that are done under the sun. It says, And behold, the tears of such as were oppressed, and they had no comforter. And on the side of their oppressors, there was power, but they had no comforter. So we see from this context that the reason for the challenges in our world today is because people do not have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. It says those who were oppressed had no comforter, and they were crying, they had no comforter. And the oppressors had power, but they had no comforter. So the Holy Spirit is one of the answers to the challenges in our world today. We live in a fatherless world, and the Holy Spirit is the person of the Godhead who brings us the revelation and the love of the Father into our hearts and mind. In John 14, let's look at verse 16. John 14, 16. It says, And I'll pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. Notice the Bible says that the oppressed had no comforter, the oppressors had no comforter. So it's important that the church of Jesus Christ promote the necessity of the Holy Spirit. Because it's the Holy Spirit that convicts the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. So without the Holy Spirit, most of the things we'll see in the world will keep getting worse and worse until men and women are brought into contact or into the presence of the vital person of the Holy Spirit. Look at it again, John 14, 16. And I'll pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, verse 17, whom the world cannot receive, because they seeth him not, neither knoweth him. In other words, the unbeliever cannot be acquainted with the Holy Spirit unless it gets born again. And that's why we say, that Jesus is God's gift to the world, the Holy Spirit is God's gift to the church. You see that? And that's why lots of Christians are not fully grown because they've not been exposed to the person, the presence, and the power of the Holy Spirit. For instance, you cannot become strong spiritually without the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians 3 verse 16, the Bible says that it will grant according to the riches and glory that to be strengthened with might, by his spirit in the inner man. Notice God strengthens you in your spirit by the Holy Spirit in your inner man. So becoming strong spiritually is impossible without the Holy Spirit. You see that? So you need to know how to become acquainted with the person of the Holy Spirit. In 2 Corinthians 13 verse 14, the Bible says the love, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. What does that mean? First, let's look at the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, undeserved favor. Then the love of God, unconditional love. Then he says, and the communion. In other words, the fellowship. Give it to me in the Amplified Version. Look at this in the Amplified Version. 
It says, the grace, favor, and spiritual blessing of Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the presence and fellowship. Notice what it says, the presence and fellowship, the communion, and sharing together, and participation of the Holy Spirit, be with you all. Amen. So be it. Be it. So you see the Godhead manifested, the, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship. You see that? That's a koinonia, a drinking together. See, there's a richness in Christianity you will never fully enjoy until you know the Holy Spirit as a person. The apostles in the early church, they related with the Holy Spirit as a person. In Acts 15 verse 28, I want you to see Acts 15 28 and see their language. It says, it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us to lay upon it no greater burden than is necessary things. In other words, without the Holy Spirit, your life will be burdensome. Without the Holy Spirit, your life will be burdensome. In Isaiah 10 verse 27, the Bible says, In that day, the body shall move from off your shoulder and his yoke come off your neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. You see that? The yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. So everyone that is bound today has not really learned how to relate with the person, the presence, and the power of the Holy Spirit. Notice what it says, in that day, it's body removed from off your shoulder. That means a body in some life. And the yoke from off your neck. When a person is yoked, they have stagnation. They want to go forward, they cannot go forward. And the yoke shall be destroyed, watch this, because of the anointing. Take note of that. So, and the Holy Spirit is the person of the anointed. In Acts 10, verse 38, the Bible says, Our God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. You see that? So, if you want a burden-free life, if you want a life where your success is enviable, your success needs to be explained again and again, then you need the help of the Holy Spirit. We have a generation that somehow have not been acquainted with the Holy Spirit. They've been taught secular psychology on how to succeed and all that without listening to the voice of God. And that's really hampered our generation. I tell you, for the most part, I said, for the most part, the younger generation in ministry is slower than the fathers. Because at their age, the things that have been achieved by this generation, they have gone beyond that at that age. And we know there's more knowledge in our world. So why are things slow for this generation in the, in the realm of the spirit? Because they've not been taught to actually acknowledge the presence of the Holy Spirit. So we need to emphasize that to our generation, that the Holy Spirit is a key to publicizing your ministry. In Luke 4 verse 14, the Bible says, And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit, and there went out a fame of him. Notice, there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. So the Holy Spirit is one that publicizes you, publicizes your products, publicizes your business, publicizes your ministry. See, when you begin to understand the necessity of the Holy Spirit, you have a different view of life. Because the reason many people are stagnated, they have not yet known the importance of the person of the Holy Spirit. Now let's look at a few thoughts here. We have established so far that the Holy Spirit is God himself. Because Genesis 1 verse 2 says, the Spirit of God was moving upon the face of the waters. The Spirit of God was moving upon the face of the waters. Then, John 4 verse 24 says, God is a spirit. Notice, the Spirit of God, God is a spirit. So, 
the, the, the Holy Spirit is the essence of God. And that's why the Bible calls him in Matthew 10 verse 20, the Spirit of the Father. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of the Father. You see that? So you need to understand that God is a spirit and the Holy Spirit is God himself. Don't forget, God is a spirit and God is holy. In other words, the Holy Spirit is God. In John 3 verse 4, the Bible says, The Spirit of God has made me and the breath of the Almighty has given me life. You see that? The Spirit of God has made me. That means the Holy Spirit created you. He is your creator. In Acts 5, 3 to 4, Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of land? Verse 4, he says, Whilst it remained, was it not thine own? After it was so, was it not in thine power? Why hast thou conceived this in your heart? He said, You have not lied to men, but to God. But I said, Lie to the Holy Spirit. So Peter knew the Holy Spirit was God. We need to have that clear understanding as children of God. All right. We also learned so far that all God's dealings on earth are through the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. He is the divine agent on the earth who partners with us in the execution of God's will in the earth. For instance, in Ephesians 2 verse 18, it shows that we have access to the Father through the Spirit. It says, for through him we have access, that's Jesus, by one Spirit unto the Father. See, Jesus is a door but the Holy Ghost brings us through that door. Because no one can come to me except the Father draw him. And as the Holy Spirit is one that draws you to God. And that's why you need to relate to him intimately. Because the Holy Spirit, so long as you have a healthy fellowship with the Holy Spirit, your study life will be alive, your prayer life will be alive. You see that? All right. In Revelation 2 verse 7, Jesus said, He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Now, Jesus was talking to John, and Jesus said, He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. That means you can only hear the voice of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. So how do I develop intimacy with the Holy Spirit? First of all, it's obvious you have to be born again. Because the Bible says, the world cannot receive him. In John 14, verse 17, the world cannot receive him. So no unbeliever can receive the Holy Spirit. You see that? No unbeliever can receive the Holy Spirit. You can only receive the Holy Spirit after you're born again. In Acts 2 verse 38, the Bible says, Repent and be baptized every one of you. Then it says, in, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost is for believers. Number two, we said, be filled with the Spirit. You get born again, then you get filled with the Spirit. Number three, we said, be led by the Spirit of God. In Romans 8 verse 14, the Bible says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Be led by the Spirit of God. Number four, we spoke about fellowship with the Word. Fellowship with the Word by reading and meditating on the Word. You need to understand that the Word of God is the voice of the Spirit captured in print. The Bible says all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. That's 2 Timothy 3, 16. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. That means all Scriptures are given by the influence of the Spirit. That means the Bible 
is the thoughts of the Spirit captured on paper. You see that? In John 6, verse 63, Jesus said, The words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. You see that? So it lets you know that when I'm reading the Bible, I am exposing myself to the thoughts of the Spirit. Don't forget, God is a spirit. The Bible is called the Word of God, and God is a spirit. So what is the Bible? The Word of the Spirit. You see that? All right. Let's move on quickly. Number five, do the Word. Do the Word. You see, when you do the Word, you find out that you expose yourself to the influence of the Spirit. Do the Word. Whatever you see in the Bible, just do it. All right, number six. We said, obey the leadings and promptings of the Spirit. Promptings of the Spirit. Let me explain. Somehow, as a Christian, you come to a point where you just know you should do something. You just know you should do it. Then, do it. And if we say, something was telling me, something was, that's the Holy Ghost talking to you. It's not something, it's a someone. See, because Romans 8 verse 16 says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. The Spirit himself, show us in the New King James, the Spirit himself, because it's a person. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So there's a witness. The Holy Ghost will bear witness with your spirit and say, this is the way to go, this is what to do, this is what to say. So learn to obey the promptings. And the more you obey the promptings of the Spirit, you are yielding to the Spirit. You see that? Every time you obey God, the easier it becomes to obey next time. You see, obedience is a yielding of the will to the will of another. In fact, the word to obey means to, to submit under. It's actually from obeisance. When you bow down to submit to somebody. All right? So when you obey, you are yielding your will. The more you yield your will, the stronger the influence of the Spirit. Amen? I said amen. Praise God. All right. We said, we, we learned that you cannot develop intimacy with God in rebellion. We said disobedience is rebellion. Disobedience is rebellion. Disobedience simply means distorted obedience. Disobedience is the two words. Distorted obedience. So delayed obedience is disobedience. Partial obedience is disobedience. You see that? So you have to have that in your heart. Number seven, walk in love. Walk in love. As you learn to walk in love and choose to forgive quickly and habitually, you will experience greater flow and intimacy with the Holy Ghost. See, the reason why many people are not flowing in the power of God, they don't understand that love is a key that opens the door to the word of the power of God. If you want to flow in the power of God, you need to learn to follow the love. What do I mean I follow the love? You, as a believer, there's a sensing. God could just give you on this um, love for someone or concern or compassion for someone. Learn to follow that. You see that? Learn to follow. As you follow that compassion, you'll be amazed that things like the word of knowledge, the power of God is not flowing out of you. Let me show you a few scriptures to prove this to you. In Matthew 14, verse 14, the Bible speaks of Jesus 
that Jesus, when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion toward them and he healed their sick. Notice that the healing power flowed out of compassion. You see that? The healing power flowed out of compassion. You must learn to follow the compassion, the love in your heart. You cannot walk in bitterness and flow in the power of God. It's not possible. You cannot walk in bitterness and flow in the power of God. When you look at Acts 8 verse 21, Acts 8 verse 21, look at this. It says, Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Now this man wanted to receive the power of God. He wanted to receive the power of God. And he wanted to manipulate the apostles by giving them money. And Peter said, Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. He's talking to a Christian. He said, Your heart is not right in the sight of God. Verse 22. Then he says, Repent therefore of this thy wickedness, and pray if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. Now look at verse 23. It says, For I perceive that thou in a god of bitterness and the bond of iniquity. So when you are bitter against someone, the power of God can flow. That's why as a person, forgiveness is my middle name. You see, I learn to overlook quickly. Not because I'm weak. No. In fact, you need to understand that the man that is able to forgive an offense is stronger than the man that reacts when he sees an offense. See, when you react to a circumstance, you are subject to the impulse of another. But you need to respond. When you respond, you are in control. In other words, you choose your response. You make your response a response of love. You see that? You function from the, from the point of love. And that's so important. Because there are many of you who have been walking in the power of God, but you don't forgive. You don't forgive. You believe in what we call in Africa, do me, I do you back. And when you do that, you expose yourself to the influence of devils. You say, how do you mean? Watch this. In James 3 verse 16, the Bible says, For where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Notice it says, where envy and strife is. Now, let's understand this in context. Let's begin from James 3 verse 13. So you get the entire context. It says, who is a wise man? And in good knowledge among you, letting show out of a good conversation is works with meekness of wisdom. Let him show his works with meekness of wisdom. In other words, a man that is wise is humble. You see that? The Bible says it is the glory of a man to overlook an offense. So the glorious man, the bigger man, the greater man is a man who forgives. You see that? It says, who is a wise man and endure with knowledge among you? Let him show. Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. Knowledge pops up, but wisdom makes you humble. Knowledge pops up, but wisdom makes you humble. So when you want to see a man that is arrogant and full of himself, he has knowledge, he doesn't have wisdom. See, because wisdom will make you humble. Now look at verse 14, please. It says, but if you have bitter envy, notice there, bitter envy and strife in your heart, glory not and lie not against the truth. So when you have bitter envy, 
and strife in your hearts. It says, don't even mention the wisdom you have. Don't talk as though you have wisdom. It says, lie not against the truth. Look at verse 15. It says, this wisdom descended not from above. If you have bitter envy in your heart. It says, the wisdom you have is not from God. But it's earthly. Listen to that. It's earthly, sensual, and what? And devilish. So bitterness will open you to the influence of devils. Let me explain. Somebody offended you. And you say, okay, I want to walk in love. And you, you kind of look, let me forgive it. A thought to come to your mind and say, if you keep forgiving like this, how long will you keep forgiving? Oh boy, don't take this thing. Huh? The next time you talk, just fire on one slap. The devil doesn't tell you about the fights that will come afterward. So you, the guy talks again, you slap him and you get into a fight and you try to just notice you've yielded yourself to the influence of the devil. It is the glory of a man to overlook an offense. It says, this wisdom descends not from above, but it's earthly, sensual, and devilish. Let me read to you in the message translation. See this. In the message translation. It says, let me read 14 to 15 so you can get it in context. It says, mean-spirited ambition isn't wisdom. Boasting that you are wise isn't wisdom either. You see that? Twisting the truth to make yourself sound wise isn't wisdom. Look at verse 15. It is the furthest things from wisdom. It is animal cunning and devilish conniving. Give it to me in the NLT. Notice it's animal cunning and devilish conniving. It says, for jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and what? Demonic. Think about it. So, without knowing, many believers have yielded themselves to the devil by keeping bitterness in your heart. You see that? Then give us verse 16 now. It says, for where envy and strife is, there is confusion. You see why you don't know the voice of God? I don't know. I, I don't know whether it was God, the voice of God that spoke to me. I'm not very clear. I, I, I thought I was hearing from God. I thought, uh, nah, 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 nah. there's confusion. Every time you yield to bitterness, bitter envy, bitter revenge, you enter a world of confusion. It says where envy and strife is, it is it there will be a future. Uh-uh. It said there is present tense. There is confusion and watch this and every evil work. That means Satan can do anything in any life, in any home, in any church where there's envy and strife. You see that? Wherever there's envy and strife, there is confusion and every evil work. The devil will play his game there. You see that? Never tolerate strife in your life. Strife is the bait of Satan. I'm going to say it again. Strife is the bait of Satan. Once you bite it, you become poison. You see that? You become poison. So you must learn to overlook. You must learn to forgive. Why? Because of the fact that if you don't forgive and you hold bitterness in your heart, 
The Bible says there is confusion. You can't tell what I heard. I, I, I thought I, I heard from God, but I don't know. I, I, I don't, it's not very clear. Whether it was the Lord, it's not, it's not so clear. It's bitterness. By the grace of God, I walk in hearing consistently 24-7. In hearing. I walk in hearing. I walk in hearing the way I make calls. There's a man of God for close to two months. I've never spoken to him. He's a man that flows in the prophetic. He's in the word of faith movement. And um, I, I called him yesterday morning. I had not called him for... It's amazing how I call him. Because when I call him, it's the right time to call him. You're listening. See, someone said, I've been trying to reach apostle. I just can't reach. I've been trying to... Because of the fact that there's confusion in your life. See, you'll be able to say the right thing at the right time. Because you, you, your spirit is clear. Your spirit is clear. Your spirit is light. Because when you keep bitterness in your heart, your spirit will be heavy. See, it will be heavy. And when your spirit is heavy and you don't check it, it might even lead to depression. The spirit of heaviness. When that starts happening in your life, you will observe something. That hearing from God is difficult. Prayer is difficult. Why? Because your spirit is heavy. When you kneel down to pray, you sleep off. Your spirit is heavy. When you carry your Bible to read, you sleep off. That's why you have to choose to walk in love. Because when you walk in love, the voice of, the God, of God will be clearer than ever. Let me show you 1 John 2, reading from verse 9. Look at this, what walking in love will do for you. 1 John 2, 9. It says, he that said, give it to us in the New King James, because I want them to see this, people around the world. It says, he who says he's in the light, all right? That's, the guy is a, is a Christian, he says he's in the light. And hates his brother. Is in darkness until now. He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. Now, don't forget the devil is the prince of darkness. He only has power where there's darkness. The spirits from your father's house only have power when there's darkness because they are rulers of the darkness of this world. That's the cosmocratus. The spirit holding back your tribe, for instance, or your village people, can only dominate when there's darkness. So you can see that when you remove bitterness from your life, Satan can't stop you. Let me show you something. The TV, today, most TVs have what we call a remote control. All right? You can stand at a distance and control your TV without touching it. The reason is because of the fact that there is something in the remote control, watch this, that is tied to what is in the TV. So when that connection is made, when you turn it to the sensor, there's a communication. And now you can control the TV with the remote control while you're not there. So the reason why your village people can control you while they are not there, there is something of darkness in your life that gives them the right to remove control of your future. And the thing the devil uses a lot, hear me and hear me well, is bitterness. 
unforgiveness. See, the devil uses these things because he knows so long as you're bitter, you can't overcome him. He who says he's in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. So why are you born again and you're still bound? Why are you born again and the spirit troubling your father's is troubling you? The Bible says you are in darkness until now. You're born again, yes, but you are in darkness until now. Look at verse 10. It says, he who loves his brother, watch this, abides in the light. Now, no matter how powerful the darkness is, it is disarmed by light. No matter how dark the night is, when the day starts coming, the darkness starts leaving. Effortlessly. Effortlessly. When the day comes, the night starts leaving. Effortlessly. I'm going to say it again. Effortlessly. So why is the bondage still there? Is there forgiveness in your life? Is there hatred in your life? You see that? Your father had his first child out of wedlock. You had your child out of wedlock and you were born again at 13. How come this happened to you when you were 25? Because you've not learned to walk in love. He who loves his brother abides in the light and there's no cause for stumbling in him. Notice what causes us to stumble is where? It's in us. The biggest issue in your life is not what is outside, it's what is in you. If you remove what is inside that connects you to the remote control, let them use the remote control, it don't work. So the reason why the remote control is working, there's something inside of you that is linked to that remote control. Why are they still operating you from your village? Why are they still operating you from your hometown? You are in the city now. You are in America. You are in London. You are in Italy. But they are still remote controlling you because you have not learned to forgive. Forgive your father who didn't train you. Forgive your uncle who sexually abused you. Forgive, let these things go because these are the cause of stumbling within us. So the remote control walks. Look at this, verse 11. It says, he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he's going. There is confusion and every evil work. He walks in darkness and does not know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. You see why you need to forgive? You can't afford to have bitterness in your life. The cost is too much. It is too costly. You see that? Let me show you uh, two sets of scriptures and we'll wrap this up. First is 1 John 3. Let's begin from verse 14. 1 John 3 verse 14. It says, we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. Now, what is sickness? Sickness is incipient death. See that? 
Sickness is incipient death. So it says, we know. We are well aware we've passed from dead on that because we love the brethren. In other words, it says that the man who's walking in love will not suffer unnecessary sickness. He's been praying for that sickness to go for how long now? Why is it not going? See, it says, we know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He that does not love his brother abides in death. That means he remains, he settles in, he makes his home in death. So why you need to forgive and let go of offenses quickly. You let go of offenses quickly, you forgive. You forgive. Verse 15. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. You see that? So you find out that the life of God is supposed to keep you in health. It's not functioning. So you're always sick. You're on medications. Again and again and again. But if you will learn to forgive, you move into the realm of life, sickness becomes a thing of your past. See how people are shaking all over the world? You see that even the church? Because when you understand what we are talking about, you will realize that when you're walking in love, the enemy cannot touch you. The Bible tells us to keep ourselves in the love of God. Give me Jude 21. Jude 21. It says, Keep yourselves in the love of God. You see that? Say, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Keep yourselves in that love. See, you keep yourself in that love. Okay? 1 John 5 and verse 18. Watch this. We know that whoever is born of God does not sin. And you as a born of God does what? Keeps himself. How do we keep ourselves? In the love of God. So when you keep yourself in the love of God, the Bible says the wicked one does not touch him. So when you keep yourself in the love of God, you become an untouchable for Satan. You see why you need to walk in love? Why you need to forgive? You see that? You can't have that revenge me, revenge Revenge spirit. Before long, you see, you're having issues in your health. You can't hear clearly from God. That's so important. Quickly, look at Ephesians 4.29. It says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification. Then it says, That it may impart grace to the hearers. Watch this. You know your words can grieve the Holy Spirit. Then he says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness. You see that? In verse 31, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and all evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. If you learn to walk in love, the voice of God will be clearer than ever. 
So child of God, I want to encourage you to make up your mind. Make up your mind to follow the voice of God. To forgive when God tells you to forgive. God tells you to forgive your wife. Forgive your wife. You cannot afford to have bitterness. So right now, I'm going to give you a few moments while you're watching where you are right now and forgive whoever you have any offense against. Forgive. Right now, forgive. And as you forgive them, your heart becomes tender. See that? And you're able to hear God clearly. You can develop intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Go ahead, talk to the Lord right now. You know who has offended you? Go ahead, just let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit that shares our blood in our hearts, the love of God. And Father, we trust you that even now your people receive grace to forgive. Even now, that they may be able to receive their healing, that the voice of God may become clear to them, that the confusion may end, that your oppression may end. Forgive your first boss who didn't treat you right. Forgive, forgive, forgive. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you. We honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Now I'm going to pray with you. I'm leading a prayer before we lead people to Christ. If you're a believer and you're having unforgiveness, I want you to put your hand on your chest and say this. We say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I declare my faith that I have the love of God in my heart because God is love and I'm born of God. I'm a child of love. Therefore, I declare in the name of Jesus that even now the love of God in my heart overwhelms my heart and heals me of my pain and of my, of my hearts. In the name of Jesus, I receive grace to forgive those who have hurt me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You pray that prayer. I trust the Holy Ghost will be working you. Thank you for listening to this message. As we preach the full message of this new life, our goal is to raise the people who are like Jesus by exposing them to the influence of God's Word and His Spirit in an atmosphere of love so that they may be able to take the love of God, the Word of God, and the healing power of God to every individual within their sphere of contact. For more information on how you can get other messages by Apostle David Wally Fesso, visit us at Charismatic Renaissance International Church, Kilometer 9 and 10, along Isaac Boro Expressway, Biogulu, Yenegua, Bioso State. You can also visit our website at crichurch.org. Follow us on Facebook at Charismatic Renaissance or call 003-382-7072 or 005-120-4708. God bless you.